0: Let Them Eat Cake, with Lady Red Velvet. She's no lady, she's a beast. Welcome to Let Them Eat Cake, Season 2, Episode 8, which is entitled, ladder Now, ladies and gentlemen, sitting at home, unless you live in Barcelona, or a city where a ladder or a ladder takes place, you might not know what it is. So I'm going to explain it to you because it's been an important part of Lady Red Velvet's evolution and development over the last few years. And it's been a great way of her expressing herself, reaching new audiences. And um, she's done pretty well for herself during the raveladas that she's taken part in so first of all what is it well basically during lockdown and uh covid years a few guys got together uh jacob and olivier and i I don't know if there was more people involved there might have been um But they came up with this idea of combining, basically, a pub crawl, as we call it in the UK, with drag shows. And basically there were six bars, six gay bars, and six drag queens around the six gay bars, and then six groups of people that would move from one bar to another to another. So six groups, six bars, six queens. And basically at the end of the tour, the drag tour, you would have got to see six queens perform or drag kings. And at the end of it, you vote for your favourite. And it was just a wonderful idea. And especially at the time when groups had to be of a certain number going into restaurants or bars because of the COVID restrictions. So it's a great way of doing that. And since we've left COVID behind, more or less, it's just grown and grown and has been so popular. So the name Ravalada comes from Raval, which is an area in Barcelona. It's actually where I lived for the first year of living in Spain and living in Barcelona. And now I live in Publisec, which is right next door to it. So it's very near. So it started in Raval, and it's grown since then. And now it expanded to Example, which is the big gay area of Barcelona. Then on to Madrid, where it transformed into Dragalada. Then from there, it uh, has gone to Lisbon. Bilbao, Valencia, it's even made its way now to Vienna, so it has been a phenomenon, it's been incredible, and I've been lucky to take part in it many times, and and done pretty well in the competitions. More of that later. Anyway, I thought today I would talk about some of the shows that I have uh, done as part of this, and tell you my stories with them. So, I believe the first Ravalada was maybe in March 2021, and they were doing roughly one once a month, I think it was. Well, I got to do my first one taking part as a drag queen in the October of that year. And... um, it was a Halloween special. Now, anyone who knows me knows I absolutely adore Halloween. I love Halloween. So I was really pleased it was the Halloween edition. And I remember they made the poster. Each of them, they have a different artist every time to illustrate the drag queens and kings. And... Um, They did it all in black and red, and it was amazing. I had a bat on my head. I loved it. Um, Well, anyway, I decided to do a Harry Potter-themed show. So I created this fantasy epic of Professor McGonagall as she tried to get uh, Dumbledore to fall in love with her. So basically, I combined music from... Uh, the Harry Potter films with uh, music from Britney Spears, "Toxic." I added in um, songs from all kinds of all kinds of pop songs and music that I combined together to bring it to this epic, where basically uh, McGonagall creates a love potion, then she tries to give it to, to Dumbledore, but. He turns out he's gay, which gets in a bit of a way of love. But McGonagall transforms herself into a beautiful, sexy black cat, trying to win him over, but it's no good. She doesn't convince him. So I had costume changes. I had uh, little special effects where I had um, a letter arriving by Owl Post. Um, I had a cauldron with lights. I had a serpent for Toxic that came out of the cauldron. Um, I had some little naughty little bits as well with Dumbledore, and I can't go into that on online. No, it's too rude. But let's just say it involved me putting my head underneath his cloak and then uh, returning with a mouthful of whipped cream that was under there. Um, so it was a little bit saucy. But a lot of fun. The audiences absolutely loved it. Um, And I had a great time. I love the Harry Potter books. I love the films. The only thing I don't particularly like, as many people don't, uh, is J.K. Rowling's views on trans people. And I felt like I couldn't do that show without talking about it. So there were parts in the show where i reference this that trans women are women and trans people matter and that even though i still enjoy the harry potter films and books i don't support jk rowling's views on this which is a real shame it's a disappointment because i think she is obviously a talented woman she does a lot for charity But this part of her needing to keep on referencing this in her tweets is very, very disappointing and I really think it is harmful to the trans community as well. And I'm not sure why someone with so much potential for good keeps on going on about this when I just think it's picking on some people who are the most vulnerable in society why she feels she needs to do this and how it's going to improve anything to do with women, I do not know. So I referenced that, and that was an important part of the message I wanted to get across, that I 100% support uh, trans rights and, and, and trans people. Um, so it was, it was a story which was fun and enjoyable and magical, but it also had a bit of a kick to it as well. And so, a few days later, after the shows, I was absolutely delighted when I found out I had won. So, that was a wonderful thing. And I got to record a message to send to everyone. And it felt like a validation of my type of drag as well, which is very much storytelling. It's not so much based on makeup and looks, even though I created these wonderful outfits and I I did the makeup really well so I was pleased that it all came together so it was a really success and it felt good I don't often do competitions so to be in a competitive element that kind of doesn't feel particularly competitive every time I've done it I've not felt I need to be competitive against my fellow queens my fellow sisters It's more about myself wanting to do well in terms of putting on a show, entertaining an audience and having it as an opportunity for new people to follow me, to come to my own shows as well. So that's what is important to me, much more than winning. Um, But of course, you can't deny that winning is a a nice thing and it's a good feeling. Um, My second show was the following year I think it was February 2022 so last year and I decided to do a new version of a show I'd done at La Federica and that was The Sound of Sister Act so it combines the music from The Sound of Music with the the music from Sister Act with a lot of religious themed pop music in there as well so there was some Madonna of course there was Cher believe and I created this again another story I love creating stories I like uh having a little bit of fun a little bit of naughtiness as well so the story was all about a nun sister um Dolores Van Velvet I think I called her um kind of having her faith tested. Um, So she started off very innocent with lots of songs from The Sound of Music. And then along the way, her faith is tested. So we had a bit of like a virgin, like a prayer. Again, got a little bit kinky with the outfit choices. There were some reveals. I remember there were three reveals, so it started off full habit then to a slightly shorter habit and then to uh, a bit of a bodysuit going on. I was lucky enough to be joined by my dear friends, Paprika, who um, she was helping me out with a lot of the props and items and things. And then Julia, her her boyfriend, who was a vicar and then uh, the Diablo, And we had a little bit of the devil coming into it until the sister found her faith once again. There was all kinds of wonderful audiences for that show, I remember. And I love the music of Sound of Music as well. So combining that with Sister Act, which is one of my favourite films, was absolutely wonderful and we put on a real good show and I remember there were a lot of tears as well at the end of it we were talking a lot about charities in that I wanted this theme of um, because I was a sister do-gooder I talked about a lot of the charity work that I do um, in La Federica and the fundraising we mentioned and highlighted some of the most important charities in Barcelona so other people could learn about it and find out about it So it was great. It was a really another fantastic show. And yet again, I won. So um, I believe I was one of the first people to win twice. So it felt, again, this wonderful validation that audiences were enjoying what I was doing and the stories that were being told. And for me personally felt like it was very warming to know that people were enjoying it. And since then, I started getting people who had seen me in Ravalada coming along to my shows in La Federica, which was also great to see people wanted to see more and different stories, which is, is just wonderful. My third Ravalada was a, a Titanic one. It was indeed because I did Titanic the Musical, which everyone knows is my favourite drag show to perform. I love it. And this one was a special one because this was the first double winners edition. So the other five drag queens that I was performing against in the different bars were all double winners. We'd all won twice. And so this time it was a bit like, oh, oh, my goodness. Um, The competition was high and there was some. Amazing performances, amazing shows. I of course didn't see them myself because I was performing, but um, I remember hearing from my friends who went along to see the other shows how they how much they enjoyed them all. And all of those drag queens, I love seeing them myself. If I could, I would have uh, paused my show to go and watch everyone else as well. And I think that's what's great about ravalada dragalada i absolutely love going and watching it myself so when i'm not performing and i'm free on a sunday i will go along and i'll go with my friends and we have the most wonderful time being entertained by all kinds of drag queens drag kings fantastic performers a whole range some who play instruments, some who lip-sync, some who dance, some who tell stories, it's always so entertaining. The drag queens and kings are just uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal and I've seen it in uh, Barcelona many times where I live of course and I've also been to Madrid twice and seen it there and the Madrid queens are just epic as well, so good, so entertaining. Well, anyway, back to Titanic musical. This is my favourite show. So we had to adapt it because normally it's almost a two-hour show. It's basically the whole of the Titanic movie done as a mini musical. Um, So this was the longest show I had done. So I had to squeeze it in. We had to crop songs. We had to cut some. We had to change some. So we adapted it all and again I had the wonderful support of Paprika, who plays in Titanic the Musical. She's the unsinkable Molly Brown and she's also the unsinkable Iceberg, one of the most epic performance, a drag Iceberg. Um, her boyfriend, uh, my friend Julia, was the captain so he did the music in that edition and oh my goodness, we did the show six times? We got six standing ovations, which I've just never really known before. Um, and it was just so intense; it was incredible the response we got. And it's the one show wherever I do it, if it's at La Federica um, or in this Raval edition, people come back and say, "Oh my goodness, that is." the show we remember the most. And it is the show that I would love to go on and do and put into a small theatre somewhere. Um, but it was really, really special. And the videos and the pictures and the stories we had of people sharing it, were, it was just incredible. And so I won that one as well. That was my third one. And this one was very special because it was against all two-time winners so was just again even more validation and it just felt like people really understood and got the type of drag I do and that means the world to me because I do realize I'm not a lip syncer, I'm not great with makeup I'm not a great dancer I'm not any of the things that a traditional drag queen would do but I am funny I am creative I put a lot of effort and a lot of work into my storytelling, and I think that's what people got, and, well, they obviously did, so it felt great. Um, So that was that. Then, later on, I think it was May, um, I only had a one-week notice. One of the drag queens couldn't do it. She dropped out, so they asked me to take part. So I thought, what can I do? I've not got long to plan it. I know I will do um, Disney Divas. I do a Disney Divas show every year. I've done it in different ways, different styles, with different people. It's bas- basically it's Disney princesses, but I always do different variations on it sometimes focusing on different themes, sometimes focusing on different Disney songs or musicals. So this one I did like a best of. So I did a combination. So they got a bit of Mary Poppins. They got Jasmine from Aladdin. They had The Little Mermaid. uh, And then they had Elsa. So they they got a lot of money's worth. I only had one week to plan. And it was very audience participation. I chose a different Aladdin each time to help me. Um, I had so many props and items. Luckily for this one, I was in La Federica. My previous ones were Bar Imperfecto, which is a wonderful bar um, that does all kinds of different things there. It's not particularly a gay bar, but it's a gay-friendly bar in Publisec. Uh, which does the amazing chips. And they have loads of different nights. There's a a wonderful one called Escucha May, which is an open mic night for really creative people. So I loved it there. Santa's Sister Act I did in Casa de la Pedrera, which is a wonderful gay bar in Raval. I've done many shows there with different groups and always had fun. The Titanic show I did in La Sesteria, which is an exemplar. That was my first time there. A wonderful gay bar, only opened about a year and a half ago, has had huge success. Really friendly group of guys there that run that. Um, And then Disney Divas I did in my home bar, La Federica, which was special. And for the fourth time, I won, which was just getting. Ridiculous, Getting ridiculous, but also just incredible. Just incredible. Just that people were loving what I was doing and I was having a great time with it. So very, very happy. Um, my fifth ravelada was about a month after that, I think. And it was in June, I think June, coming towards July, June. And it was getting hot. Uh, but not too hot. And this time I was in a bar called Punto and I did a Star Wars musical. So I dressed as Princess Leia, who is one of my all-time icons, as you know from listening to this, Carrie Fisher, uh, the two of them, uh, I just absolutely adore. So I created my very famous Jabba the Hut balloon model which is basically about a hundred balloons stuck together with packing tape with his face on it with some plastic marigolds as hands so how we got him to the um the venue i don't know because the, the we um, called a taxi, and as the taxi pulled up, he just took one look at this jab of the heart and me in my drag makeup and everything, and he didn't want to take it. He was like, "No, it won't fit, won't fit." And then I said, "Oh, please!" I said, um, and I was trying to think, and I was like, "It's for a charity event." And then as soon as he heard it was a charity event, he said, "Okay then, okay, and we'll put it in." And luckily, um, luckily, he kind of bought that. You know, I do do a lot of charity work, so I didn't feel too bad for saying it was a bit of a white lie. And we got that. This one was an amazing show. The um, music I just loved. It was a combination of Star Wars music and some really good dancing numbers, some sexy numbers because I stripped down from my white outfit with the um, Chelsea bun hairdo into the gold bikini where I'm a slave for Jabba the Hutt's um, uh, bodyguard, no, not bodyguard, I can't think of the word now, uh, for Jabba the Hutt. Um, And my friends Albert and Lucho helped with all the changes. That's the thing, when I do lots of changes and you're doing a show six times in one day, oof, it's exhausting. So you have to keep going back and forth, taking things up and things on, making sure you've got everything in place. So having a team of people to help you is so important. So um, I didn't win this edition. I came second, apparently, a very close second. Um, But I know the winner, Chloe, is an amazing girl. Chloe... Vitu amazing and my friend said she was fabulous so she absolutely deserved that one and it did feel good actually not winning an addition because otherwise I think people would want it to have killed me um you know you can only win so many um but I had a great time with it got some great photos and listen to this not only got great photos but little known to me um as the shows were going on, um, one of the organisers, uh, Jacob, came round and he had with her with him a, a lady, two ladies, and they took some photos and um, watched and I, I didn't think more about it. Well, then I got a message on Instagram saying, Hi there, um, I work for Vogue magazine España and we came and saw the... Ravalada show at the weekend and we'd like to ask you some questions to go into Vogue magazine. Wow. Well, I first of all thought it was spam. I was about to delete it. I was about to block her. So I, But then I saw Ravalada and I thought, well, they can't make that up. And I was performing at it. So I wrote to the organisers and said, is that true? And they said, yep. So I got in touch and she asked me some amazing questions really interesting all kinds of different things about my drag my approach to drag what I do what I believe in and after I filled it all out and I sent it to her I didn't tell Anyone normally, I would have been phoning everyone, saying, "I'm going to be in Vogue magazine. I'm going to be in Vogue." But I didn't tell anyone because I thought, "No, what? If, what if they don't print it? What if? What if it doesn't even mention me? What if it just features a little bit?" So I couldn't quite believe it. And then uh, the day before it was released, the or the day, the morning of it, the uh, reporter she sent it to me and said, "Here you go. Here's the article." And it was the most wonderful article she'd written about each of the queens performing that day, all about the phenomenon of Ravalada Dragalada, and this is why it featured in, in Vogue magazine. RuPaul said drag would never go mainstream, yet RuPaul has made drag into this not only, like, background thing or, or freaky thing or different thing he's actually made it into the mainstream and from that all of these drag successes have exploded onto the scene and and the Ravalada has been a huge success so of course Vogue magazine a Spaniard want to talk about it so having my photo in that edition was just incredible actually I'm yet to print it off and frame it I need to do that I keep saying that I need to do it um my friends just could not believe it it was very very special it certainly that is one of the highlights of my drag career and also having it featured saying that I was the um the most winning drag from the drag uh from Avalada was just incredible just incredible um, so moving on to the latest edition which I did just before Christmas um, uh, was a very special edition was another all winners edition but this time was an all winners double edition which would take over two weekends consecutive weekends one in Reval, and one in Exemplar So I thought, what can I do? Well, I love Christmas. So I'd been planning this show the year beforehand at Christmas at La Federica and couldn't do it because of all of the... No, because I got COVID. That's it. I had to cancel it. I got COVID and was very ill, was actually quite ill with it for about five weeks. So I couldn't do it. So in the end, got the chance to do... Mariah Carey's Christmas Carol, which was a mashup of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, a mashed up with the story of how I generated this idea of Mariah Carey writing "All I Want for Christmas Is You," and I combined these two elements in this epic Christmas story. It was epic. It had the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future, who were Cher, Adele and Madonna. I had five different costume changes. I had, um, so I played different characters, some amazing songs from Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now, to um, If I Could Turn Back Time, I played Adele on the piano, I played Adele uh, playing the piano, I had um, all kinds of different special effects and items and I also wore the most beautiful dress I've ever worn, this huge great big red prom dress, cross between a prom dress and a wedding dress, that when I greeted people they were just gobsmacked because I don't think they normally think of Red Velvet as being so glamorous as that. And everyone was just so gobsmacked. So I performed the first edition in La Sasteria and then the second in um, La Federica. And both went so well. We had such a great time. I had a great team of people I had some of my closest friends supporting me with costume changes and props and David my husband doing the music and it was just magical and a few days later I found out I had won which again to do to win five times including two all winners editions has been just incredible and again I'm I'm not a competitive person with other people. There's nothing in me that wants to beat somebody else. I don't feel that way. Um, And I really always encourage other queens as much as I can. I'm always there to try and champion other people. And if I could, I would go and watch them all. As I've said, I love going to watch drag shows. And there's so many good drag queens in the city that I just love uh, watching so many I can't even name them now because if I start naming them I'm gonna leave people out and I don't want to do that um, so it was just magical to, to do that um, so five times winner something very special indeed to feel this validation from the audience to have people vote for me what is lovely as well is the voting cards have got all of the artwork on from the different artists um it's sponsored by born to be glittered which is a wonderful eco um glitter bio glitter and which i'm now one of the faces of i've had like a ad campaign with them where i've had my photo taken um so i sometimes appear on the drag port, which is like a drag passport, where they put all the stickers and stars, which is just, again, wonderful. When I was in Madrid recently for drag uh, I noticed that my picture was on it, so it was very special when I was going round and people were saying, oh, is this your first time? And I was like, um, not quite. <laughs> um, so, and talking of Madrid, I think it's time that Lady Red Velvet goes to Madrid and competes and sees if she can bring back her sixth crown. That would be rather special. Um and if I do win or don't win, it would still be amazing to go and perform in Madrid. I'd love that. So, um Dragolada, Ravalada, if you're listening, get her on a train, she wants to come, serve that cake to those beautiful people in Madrid. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this edition of Let the Meat Cake. I've had a wonderful time reminiscing, talking about these wonderful shows. Um, and I think it's spurring me on to tell you soon about some of my favourite drag queens in the city because I'm going to start doing some interviews with some of my favourite drag queens in Barcelona so, look out, listen out, um, and remember if anybody tries to make you feel not like a winner, not like a queen, you say to them, Kayate Puta. Thank you for listening, everyone. Big kisses, and chat to you soon.